here today and love worshiping with you. What a great week we did have at Momentum. I, I flew back in. I was actually on a, a golf trip, kind of a bucket list golf trip with my dad uh, who beat cancer last year. It was the one year anniversary of his treatment. And, and so we went to Los Angeles, California and uh, played some great, great golf courses out there and took the red eye back, flew in just to be with our students. And I was so glad that I did. You know, sometimes you think that you're coming to give something, and I think I received as much as I gave watching uh, our students just go after God and cry literally for an hour after I got done preaching, just watching 100 and 102 students uh, go under the water one way and come up different. And so I just, I just want to want to let you know how grateful I am to be a part of what we're doing here, and just thank you uh, because if you're give and serve here. Hundreds of people serve to make it happen. And, and several of our expansion team members gave over and above their tithe, $30,000, dollars $50,000 to provide these scholarships and to be able to create the experience the way that we can. Not because we're trying to impress our students, we're trying to just get them in the door so they can hear about the life changer that is Jesus. And they did. And so thank you so much for being a generous church and believing in the next generation. Speaking of building our church, we got Songfest coming up in two weeks. And so really, really excited. The team has got some really fun songs. And we do Songfest because Jesus taught in parables. So we take some songs, some, some, some symbolism from those songs, more importantly combined with the Word of God, and, and really in a profound and practical way preach the Scriptures. And we see hundreds of people give their life to Jesus every single Songfest. And so next week, you're going to get some invites uh, to Songfest, I'd love for you to take this week to be praying about who you're going to invest in over the next couple weeks, who you're going to go out of your way to let them know that you see them and that God loves them, and then give them that invite card and bring them to Songfest. And I really believe that we're not only going to have a great time together, but we're going to uh, see the Spirit of God move in a really, really powerful way. Do you believe that today? Come on. Hey. Can't wait to start Songfest, but I, I am introducing our guest speaker uh, today. He brought the word on Thursday night at Momentum, and uh, he really is. Uh, I say it a lot. It's kind of preacher language. You get up here, and you kind of get stuck on introducing somebody. I say, they're one of my best friends in the world. And a lot of times that is true, and they're just a really good friend. But Pastor J.D. and Leah O's pastor in Nashville, Tennessee, Zeal Church, an amazing church there. And I had the honor of, of helping, and you had the honor of helping them plant. Uh, we coached them in 2014 to plant their church. And so often you, you, you coach somebody and you build a relationship and you, you're for them, but you, you kind of just go on about your way. Well, God would have it that he'd bring a brother into my life. And, and Leah and JD, uh, over the last 10 years, have been great friends. But over the last couple years and the ups and downs of our own personal journey here uh, at Action Church have become family. The people that would call you, the people that would pray for you, the people that would make you laugh, the people that would check in on you. And so I, you have a great preacher coming today, but you have a, a great friend and brother who has helped me uh, in some of the lowest times and helped celebrate some of the highest times in ministry. And so you don't just have a great preacher, a great leader in Nashville. You really have a brother of mine and a big time friend and supporter of Action Church. So I'd love for you at all of our locations to stand to your feet and honor one of my best friends in the whole world, Pastor J.D. Ost. Good morning, church family. How we doing? Can we take about five seconds and just go bonkers and bananas for the King of Kings, for the Lord of Lords? Come on, if you love him. 
Let them know how you feel about him. Amen. Awesome. Grab your seat. Man, such an incredible time with the Lord this morning and student conference. And uh, man, so, so many teary eyes this morning just seeing what God is doing in this generation. I don't believe that they're the generation of tomorrow. I believe they're the generation of right now. Somebody say amen. I've heard a stat one time that said, you're twice as likely to listen to me if you see my family. So here's the picture I got to show you of my family. Um, How many of you guys know your boy married up, didn't he? She bad. My my oldest son, his name is Becton Mary. Yes, we named him after John, don't judge. Um, And then Baylor Solomon, uh, well, he ain't saved yet, so... Y'all pray for Baylor Solomon in your prayers. Now, I'm just write that down. We're struggling right now. He's seven years old and lost. And so, uh, they're normally with me. They couldn't be with me, couldn't be with me this time because of football camp and stuff like that, but I'm so honored to be here. Last night around dinner, um, we sat around, and I just asked your pastors a question. I said, tell me what you see moving forward for action. And within seconds, we're all crying at the table. And I can just sense it. I can sense it in my spirit that as you imagine action from this day forward, that this is not the ceiling. What we get to see right now is just the floor. And as they talked about you and what God wants for your family and what he wants for our locations, as we cried, we begin to see that God is up to something, something fresh, something new. If you believe that, could you give God all the credit for you, what you know he's going to do moving forward? I'm fired up about it. I want you to imagine yourself just for a second. Could you, could you close your eyes? Can we, every location, can we close your eyes just real quick? Nobody's going to steal your purse. Hello. Close your eyes. I want you to imagine for a second God using you to reach people who are, have not yet been reached. You reach them where they are. And I want you to imagine your life, your family's life, your student's life, connecting others to everything that God has for them. Now open your eyes. What we are a part of at Action Church is already doing that. And the truth is, there is no better life than a life lived within the middle of what God is doing around here. So here's my big invitation. All of us have spiritual gifts, but not all of us know it yet. And I'll tell you, your nine to five may be good, but there's nothing more fulfilling than you getting in the game of what God is doing at Action Church. And so Action Steps today becoming, and we're going to help you take a spiritual gift so you can discover that thing and develop it, because I want you to be fulfilled. Everybody said amen. Amen. I'm excited. Why don't you grab your Bibles? Grab your Bibles. If you have iPhones, iPads, eyelids, do something. Uh, I'm doing something a guest pastor should never do. And I mean never. I'm going to the book of Revelation. Hello. We're getting wild today. This is not the Apathy Church. This is Action Church. We're going to do something. Amen. If you don't like laughing, you're going to hate heaven, so just get used to it. We're going to laugh today. I heard an old pastor one time said, let your spirit remind your face what God has done for you. (laughs) Revelation chapter 2. We're going to go 2 through 5. We're going to just walk this thing on down. Walk 2 all the way through 5, and uh, if you're ready to hear it, like I hope I'm ready to give it, I think think God's going to minister to you today. I think it's impossible for you to interact with the presence of God and leave the same way. And so I'm asking for the Spirit of God to do what no sermon could ever do. I feel it deep in my spirit today, and so I pray that today is an appointment that God has set up a long time ago for you to be here. And so I believe that. Amen? Amen. Revelation chapter 2. 
God says, I know all that you've done for me. Why? Because your actions search, you do things. You guys gave away 22,000 tablets. I mean, you guys do things. You help start churches. And God said, at the end of time, God is speaking. He's saying to a church, you have done a lot for me. He's applauding it. This is a report card that starts with the A's. Can I get amen? Anybody, any C students in the house? My people. Hello. <laughs> you have worked hard and persevered. Great job. I know that you don't tolerate evil. Great theology. You have tested those who claim to be apostles and prove they are not, for they are imposters on YouTube acting like they know more than they know. <laughs> That's a whole other message, isn't it? <laughs> I also know that you have bravely endured trials and persecutions because of my name. Been through some stuff. Yet you have not been discouraged. Another A+. Plus. And this, this is where this particular scripture a couple months ago, messed with me. You ever had the Bible mess with you? I'm like, God, I was doing just fine. Leave me alone. <laughs> this is where it really messed with me. And this scripture began to be a blanket around my life and begin to change and touch every part of my life. And it began to change me. And so my hope is that although this message isn't perfectly manicured and well-packaged just yet, that, that maybe this would also add value to your life. Here, here's the part that really hit me. He said, but I do, this is God speaking, have this against you. You have abandoned the passionate love you had for me at the beginning. Think about how far you have fallen. He says this, repent and do the works of love you did at first, or I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place of influence if you do not repent. This text hit me, and so today's title, if you need a working title, write this down if you're taking notes, and if you're not taking notes, go ahead and write this down. Oh, here, here's, the title of the, here's the title, don't just do it. Do it with passion. Can we say that together? Don't just do it. Do it with passion. Now say it like you need it on a Monday morning because you're just going through the motions. Don't just do it. Do it with passion. This passage is interesting because it suggests and provides attention that I can do the right things and doing the right things may not be enough. <laughs> oh, sorry. I do that when I get excited. <laughs> so, I can go to church, I can lift my hands, I can tithe, I can be on the expansion team, I can serve with students. I could do, according to this text, I could do the right things, and it's possible that the right things aren't enough. In fact, you could do the right thing, and according to God, the way he records and has a report card, you could be failing doing the right things. God sees a problem in his people, and he says, I have this against you. How many of you guys know? If God says, I have something against you, uh-oh. Well, like, he, he could send you down there. You know what I'm saying? Like, if he has something against you, we better pay attention to it. So I leaned into this text because here's what he said. He says, you have lost your passion. He did not say you have fallen into sin. You're, he said, you've done all the right things. You haven't been discouraged. You're strong. You're, le you're moving forward, but you're, you, you're just kind of just doing it. Oh, you're still married, but you're just kind of married. You're still on the job. You're still in the seat. You're still in the position. You're still on the A-team. You're still leading, but you're just, you're just leading. You're not leading with passion. You're married. You're just not married with passion. You're parenting. You just don't mean it as much anymore. Wow. And this, this hit me so hard. Here's what's interesting in the text. I want you to see this. He says, think about how far you've fallen. I love the word think because it means I need to take time to realize I have, somewhere along the line, lost passion 
And he says you have to think about it because the reality is you probably will not notice that you've lost passion because losing passion is a natural process. Remember when you first got married? Woo! Woo! <laughs> but by year, you know, 17, it's like, <laughs> she married a six-pack, now she got a keg. Hello, somebody. You can't get this body down at the uh, Whole Foods. You got to go down there and get you some fried chicken. Can I get an amen? I'm preaching on some fried chicken right now. Glorified and deep fried. That's me. If you're too bougie for me, go on down to Whole Foods. That's fine. It's interesting that he says, you got to think about this. Why? It's like carbon monoxide. If you don't have a tool that lets you know something's wrong, you could wake up one day and have lost all your passion and had no clue. God says, I love you too much to just let you get into a dangerous territory. So I need you to think about how far, I need you to take a moment, take a Sunday, and just ask myself the question, am I doing it? Or am I doing it with passion? He says, you need to think about it. You need to have a tool that lets you know, am I still doing this with all that I am? And so I put together something that I hope will help you. It began to help me. And it's basically language and motivation that lets me know when I've lost my passion. Let me tell you how everything starts. It starts off like this. I get to do it. Everybody say, I get to do it. So the language is I get to do it. You'll notice this in your own life, in your own marriage. I get to do it, and the motivation is passion. When you first got that job, you showed up to the interview. You ironed them khakis. Remember that? Woo, boy, you had a polo tucked in. Look as good as Tyler. I'm talking about just classy. You showed up with extra coffee for the secretary, had a little notepad because you came to learn that day. You showed up five minutes early to the door, 15 minutes early in the parking lot. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I can't believe I get to be here. You walk in, you're like, oh my God, y'all have cubicles? <laughs> hey, Sandy. <laughs> they have a water cooler at my job. Like, so so you've, it starts off like that. Marriage starts off like that. Church starts off like that. It starts to, with, I, I get to do it in a passion. Now watch this. With a little bit of time and a little less intention, it goes from I get to do it to I have to do it. It goes from passion, watch this motivation, to obligation. You didn't sin, you didn't do anything horrible, it's just, uh, it's, I've, been, I've been on the job six months, so I don't show up early anymore. It's like, do, do, I, do I have to show up early? Do we have to come in on Fridays? Can I just zoom in? And what used to be passion, with a little bit of time and a little less intent, is obligation. And if we don't check ourselves and we don't think about how far we've fallen, it can even slip further. We can even lose more passion. The next step is, well, do I really even need to do it? It went from obligation to questioning. Like, why do we have to come in on Mondays? Do we really have to have date night like we see each other all the time? Passion to obligation to questioning. And if we're not careful with a little bit of time and a little less intent, we can go from questioning to completely indifferent. This is just the natural degradation of passion. That all of a sudden we start with I get to do it and we end with I don't do it anymore. So like, I got a bad boss. No, no, you don't have a bad boss. You have a bad attitude. And when there's no passion for it, oftentimes we think we need a new job. And so we have a whole generation that genuinely believes that passion comes from change. The truth is, and what I've discovered as this text has wrecked me, 
is passion isn't the result of change. Passion is the result of a choice. Can I say it again? Passion is a result of a choice. Let's take it to the marriage. Sir, you may not need a new spouse. You may need to choose to love her today like you loved her the first day. You may not need a new job. You may need to show up 15 minutes early with them two cups of coffee like you did the first day. You may need to iron them khakis one more time so that you show up. Because if you show up with passion, you perform differently. And if you're not careful and if you don't have a moment, you can end up coming to a church like this. Where God is moving. And you hear 102 baptisms, 268 salvations. But because you've been here for a minute, it's like this. Like all of heaven's tripping out. But you're... So as I'm reading this, I felt like the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, J.D., you don't need a new thing. You need a new passion, watch this, for an old thing. You don't need a new marriage. You need to walk up in that marriage with a new passion for the same marriage you already have. You know what God's saying here? God's saying that you used to have a prayer request, and your prayer request has turned into a complaining I gave you something. And what's interesting in this text that really wrecked me is I get to do this for a living, this whole church thing. And I caught myself saying things like, do I have to do that? Why do we do that? And there's a strong warning in the text for all of us. I want you to see this. He says this. He says, here's the warning for all of us. There is a consequence to staying in a season where you have no passion. Let me say it again. There is a cost There is a consequence from God, and you could be doing the right thing, but if you're not doing it with passion, here's what God says to JD. I will come to you, and I will remove your lampstand, your influence from its place. God is saying, if you lose your passion, you will eventually, watch this, lose your place. This wrecked me. If you just show up, you just keep showing up like that? God says, if you show up with no passion, I've got to give it to somebody who will show up and care. He says, I can't anoint something you stopped caring about. I can't bless something that you no longer steward. He said, hey, hey, sir, you better flirt with your wife. Because if you don't flirt with your wife, somebody will. Hey, 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 small group leader. You're just kind of showing up that last several weeks of that semester, and you're just kind of leading that group. Be careful, because I brought those people to you because I love those people. And if you don't care about those people, you're going to wonder why your small group went down. That isn't because of you. It's because I care about people that care. I care about people that care. Parents, think about this. You know what God's saying? Oh, this wrecks me. You stop parenting and let the iPad parent? If you don't influence them kids, somebody else will. If you don't get down on their level, somebody else will. If you don't take your wife on a date, somebody else will. If you end up where you're just kind of giving, but you're not giving with passion, God will bless somebody else's business to be big enough to fund the kingdom. And so this is a warning. And what does he say here? He uses this word, and if you're like me and you grew up around church, Repent was like a, like a bad word. Like, I thought repent meant, oh, no, we all going to hell. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I always thought God was the mad judge with the eyebrows down. Anybody else? 
we all need counseling. Good Lord. <laughs> so he's like, hey, if, if, if you just end up just doing this, if you get there in your marriage, like you're still married, you're in the house, but you ain't. You stopped being married a long time ago. You pursued it when you got the ring, but when you put a ring on it, you stop pursuing. God says, be careful because where you're not passionate, you'll lose your place. And he gives us this word. Everybody say repent. Now, it's, I, felt, I felt so weird coming as a guest pastor saying repent until I realized it, it just means change your mind. He's not saying change your job. Some of you don't need to change your church. Some of you don't need to change your small group. Some of you don't need to change your friends. You just need to show up to the friends God already gave you and love them and lean into them like you just met them. You don't need a new marriage. You don't need a new church. You need a new passion. See, passion is not the result of change. This whole great resignation thing is because we have bought into the idea that if I change something, now I'll be passionate. God says, no, no, no. Passion is a choice. It is stewarding what I prayed about years ago after the feeling leaves. So what, what direction does God give JD? Does, what does he give us? He says, I want you to repent. Here's his language. Here's the clarity. Here's where God, I believe, could be leading all of us today. Repent. What does that mean? I'm going to change my mind. I'm not changing my place. I'm changing my mind. He says, repent and do the works. Everybody say of love. Come on, say of love. Yeah. Repent and do the work. So do the work. Do the same thing, but don't do it like you're doing it. Don't just do it. I know you showed up to church, but don't just show up to church. I know you're singing the songs and reciprocating the words off the screen. I know you're clapping for 102, but don't just clap. I, I, I know you're giving, but can we, just, can we just agree that we want to be in the middle of what God's doing, not on the outside? That what God's doing is not the ceiling, it's the floor. So we're not just going to show up. We're not just going to do it. We're going to do it with passion. He said, I don't need you to be perfect. It's interesting to me. He said, you're already doing the right thing. You're, just, you're no longer doing it with passion. I don't need you to be tall, dark, and just in daily. I just, I'm just asking you to be passionate. Why, 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 why? No passion, no impact. Yeah. It's true. Because I can tell the difference between you say I love you and I love you. See the difference? The world who is watching can tell the difference. Yeah. Behavior no longer cut it in this generation. You can do the right thing. You can be married and live in separate beds. God is saying, don't just do it. Do it with passion. In our example, and I'm thinking about the author, like he, he writes the script. We have scriptures. We follow the script. I mean, they made a movie about Jesus. What do they call it? So anytime that I'm ever going, yeah, but I don't feel like it. I can be honest about my feelings, but mature enough not to be led by them. So I'm going to pull up a seat to this house of God and say, God, I can't believe I get to be here. Can't believe it because I know me. Hello. You know you? You're here today. The presence of God is with you and I. 
And I think about our model when it comes to living with passion, leading with passion, serving with passion, giving with passion. I think about Jesus. And here, just let's, can we think out loud together? It's not going to be perfect, but um, did Jesus kind of leave heaven? Did Jesus like uh, one foot in Bethlehem? Oh, you see them boots? Did Jesus keep one foot on a throne and one foot in Bethlehem? Interesting. Yeah, because he knew he couldn't halfway save you. Did Jesus kind of live a perfect life? Did he like sin a little bit and mostly do? Did he almost die on the cross? Did he like halfway resurrect? Did he, did he kind of resurrect? If he didn't, then we, the only logical conclusion for those who would live as though we believe this is to never, ever get to a place where we're just doing it. Because I'm going to tell you, this world is watching, and they can tell the difference. Yeah. And I think the reason why, Pastor Justin, that God put this on my heart is because our churches, when we just started, passion was the default mode. So I'd study so hard. And then I went to a monastery. Y'all, they got monks at a monastery. <laughs> I walked up, I said, to a monk, this is a true story. I said, uh, how does a monk open a door? They're like, how? I'm like, a monkey. <laughs> you don't have to courtesy laugh. That was awful. <laughs> I was just painting the picture of how awful it was. And I'm sitting with these monks, and this text hits me several months ago. And I'm wrestling with it because you ever, you ever got good enough at the church thing that you could sing the song and not mean it? Have you ever, um, I'm so sorry. Have you ever got so good at the Bible app thing that you could read it to finish it? You ain't digging in it, just reading it. And when this text hit me, I go, God, I, I don't want my kids follow somebody who's becoming because if I do it in an obligatory way my kids will be indifferent towards it so I say God I, I need you to help me and one of the things that the monks told me that I really think helped me is like can you just promise me from this day forward after this text has helped you to never become a professional Christian to where you're just checking the boxes why? Because the world can tell a difference, and you feel the difference. Some of you are like, man, I really wish that I felt the Lord like I did in my quiet times in 1992 with Stephen Curtis Chapman. Hello. Don't chase the fill. Choose to show up. And he tells us how. It's super clear. He says, show up like you first did. He calls it a first love. So when you worship today... Worship like you just got saved. How many people remember when you first found out that all of your sin, come on somebody, how many of you remember when you first found out that I don't have to go, you mean I ain't gotta go to hell? You mean I don't have to lose my marriage? I don't have to lose my marriage? I don't have to lose my mind? Oh, shout to the Lord. Awesome God. 
how good he is. I worship him like I used to. God says, yes, that right there. If you worship like you first did, you will see that everything around you begins to change because when you have passion, you can have impact. Have a seat, have a seat, have a seat. No passion, no impact. No passion, no impact. All of us have had a teacher back in school that was just running the play. How much impact did he or she have on you? So as I was praying, planning, and thinking about your great church who has helped start our church, I can't help but to think about the churches that are yet to be started. Y'all, we're in a we're in a dark world. Can we be honest about it? This is the beginning of taking action. I love that your church is literally called action. I love it. I wish I would have stolen it. church who's, I thought about this last night, a church whose walk is louder than their talk. A church that outperforms their social media posts. Like it's super encouraging. And my admonition today is that maybe as the scripture has been somewhat corrective to me, it would allow all of us to think and just ask simple questions like, when it comes to my time with the Lord, has it become obligatory Have I started saying things like, do I really have to spend time with the Lord every day? Am I indifferent towards reading the Bible? Because what God is calling us as Action Church to do together, as a lot of you, I think every room today for action step number two, every room should be an overflow because God wants you to have an impact. And if you will show up, some of you need to go back through the class. You need to pull up a seat like you just found out that you have a spiritual gift and that God, because of the grace applied to your life through his son Jesus, led by passion, now you can live on purpose. And some of us just some of us have been on 18 for six or seven years. You need to re-enlist. Watch this today. Today. And let's just decide moving forward in a dark world, we must not barely turn the light on. But shine bright. Don't just do it. Please, don't just do it. Do it with passion. Don't, don't, don't just do it. Do it with passion. Don't just do it. Do it with passion. Don't just do it. Do it with passion. Uh, I, I came up with this illustration. I'm the Nashville guy that thinks I have to do an illustration every time I come here. I'm sorry, but I, I'm the guy that doesn't read big books. I read picture books. <laughs> I let you smart people do all other stuff. Um, I want to do something real quick. Is that okay? Yeah. We have eight, eight minutes and 92 seconds left. <laughs> something like that. I've got a little cheat monitor right there, okay? Um, Adam. Adam. We're not in the Garden of Eden. I just thought I'd say it like that. Uh, Adam, um, can you do me a favor? Are you single? Ladies! <laughs> he plays keys! Loves the Lord! Looks good on stage! We're going to take lines right over here, every location, and I'm going to do the interviewing. Uh, do me a favor. I want to do an old song, maybe one that everybody would know, just for the sake of making sure it's clear that you can, you can kind of know it and end up just doing it. Can you do me a favor? Can you play? How many people have heard Amazing Grace? Would that work? Come on, put, put your hand in the air. All the Pentecostals are like... <laughs> 
Remember that joke about all the different churches and the light bulbs? I stole that one from him too. Um, can you play Amazing Grace for me? But here's what I want you to do, Adam. I, I want you to play it note for note, like dum, 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 dum. Ready? So no, no big chords, just note for note. I want you to hear this real quick. Play um, Amazing Grace. off the sustain. Now, let's check this out. I felt like the Holy Spirit was speaking to me. That's what some of our prayers sound like. That's what some of our marriage looks like. Oh, you're hitting the note, but you're not doing it with passion. And we can all tell because there's nobody in this room that started singing. Why? He wasn't doing it with passion. That's what some of our lives look like. Now, Adam, here's what I want you to imagine. I want you to imagine that God's been really good to you. And after this service, a single girl that loves Jesus. (laughs) Hey, we preaching now, ain't we? Oh, we're going to feed the nursery around here. We're going to feed the nursery. <laughs> After marriage. <laughs> Adam, I want you to imagine just for a second. We're just family here. Um, I want you to imagine, and I, I don't know your like story, like what all you've been through, but, but I know human beings and I know we walk through stuff. I want you to imagine that you got to heaven. And I want you to imagine for a second that God invites you to the front of the throne. And he looks at you and says, Adam, I saved you. I brought you through all that. Here's an organ. Here's a piano. I want you to play Amazing Grace, but don't you just play it. I want you to play Amazing Grace because of what I've done for you. Play Amazing Grace. Can you join me real quick, my man? Can we give it up for Darius? <laughs> I love this guy. Darius, I, I want you to do the same thing. I want, um, but we already know what it sounds like note for note. So in concert together, Darius, I can tell when I listen to you that the reason the presence of God is so strong, you're not just singing, you're leading us to the presence of God. Because when you walk through things and you do it right, God says, I can trust you. 
I can trust you to lead people into the presence because you have been tested in private. And I want you to think about all the things you've been through. Whatever that is. And I want you to imagine the same thing that God brings you up, both of y'all, a little acoustic set. It sets you right in front of the throne room. It says, I want you to sing Amazing Grace and I want you to lead God's people. But don't you just sing with me. Sing with the pastor. Lead us in Amazing Grace. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Come on, church, don't just sing it. pray real quick is that okay every head bowed every eye closed at every location I feel like the spirit of God is moving he sees you he sees the struggle today you've been called to level up your passion don't just serve around here do it with passion if you want to make a decision today to receive the passion of Christ the grace of Christ that forgives you from all of your sin, past, present, and future. You can live a life on purpose with passion. Why? Because of Jesus. So if you would like to make that decision today with every head bowed, every eye closed, every location, if you'd like to give your life to Christ today on the count of three, I want you to boldly and passionately raise your hand. One, two, come on. If that's you all over this place, raise your hand. Passionately, yes, 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 yes. Come on, lift it high. No halfway following. Church family, let's pray this prayer with all those hands. As a church family in concert, let's pray this prayer. Don't just pray it. Let's pray it with passion. Everybody say, Dear Jesus, thank you for your life, your death, and your resurrection. Thank you for saving me. My life will never be the same. And I'm going to pursue you. And I'm going to pursue you with passion. In the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Amen.
Let's worship the Lord together. Amen.